you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Stand with me all over the building if you would. God bless you. Thank you for your worship tonight. Are you ready for the preaching of the word of the Lord? Amen. Every parent and grandparent that is in this room tonight that has children and grandchildren and young people and young adults that have been here worshiping tonight. As your heart swells with pride because we understand so clearly the scripture that we know no greater joy than to know that our children walk in truth. What a privilege I have tonight to bring Spencer to this pulpit to preach. This is his first time to preach on a Sunday in this building. And he preaches faithfully and serves faithfully in Lebanon every week. And by the way, is doing an amazing job. They baptized another person this week in Jesus' name. Three first-time guests today. God is blessing and doing amazing things. And it could not happen without without his faithfulness and his service to Lebanon. But he not only is campus pastor in Lebanon, but he helps in so many ways here and strengthens and holds up the hands of all of those who are here and... I consider it a great honor, a high honor tonight to welcome him to come to this pulpit and open his heart. Will you preach with the preacher tonight? Come on, make him feel welcome as he comes to preach. We love you, Spence. I'll give my check to you after church. I give honor to my father and my pastor and I give honor to my pastor's wife and my assistant pastor and his wife, brother and sister Lytle. This church would not be where it is today if it was not for those four individuals. Look around for a moment. Really look around, look at where God has brought us. And I remember being about this tall, talking about a building that seemed impossible. And here we are. But God's not done yet. And he's just getting started. I said he's just getting started. 
And his plan for the city of Frankfurt is larger than something we could ever imagine. I give honor to my fiance. You haven't all met her yet, but she's as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. Am I, and, and I am honored to preach tonight at my home church. I love this place so dearly. And I give honor to all of our team. Very, very thankful. I'd like to turn your attention before you're seated to the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter, verses 16 and 17. The book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter, verses 16 and 17. Here's what the word of God says. And said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore in thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. I want to preach to you with the help of the Holy Ghost. We are going for the gates. Father, right now, I pray that power and authority would be released into this room. That there would be a transference of anointing from heaven upon each and every individual. That your word would be accomplished and that you would speak clearly in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. In the passage of scripture that I just read to you, God is honoring Abraham for his obedience and his faithfulness to the Lord. And in this passage, he bestows a set of promises upon Abraham and upon the generations to come after him. Yet a distinct promise is given that could seem rather unusual in our modern vernacular when God says something that could catch the reader off guard. As the words are penned in the scripture forever, thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. This promise would come to pass over and over throughout the scripture and on multiple occasions. It was as the children of Israel were nearing their promised land that the scripture describes the city as having been straightly shut up. The gates of Jericho were closed. The entry was fortified. And perhaps the battle seemed too large as they neared that city in the land of Canaan. You may know the story in the book of Joshua, the sixth chapter, verse 20, puts it clear that the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, 
and they took the city. In the Hebrew writings, this phrase was used to, in, to intend to describe an animal entrapped in a snare. When they took the city, there was no hesitation, there was no inferiority, there was no confusion, there was no mercy upon the enemies of God. They possess the gates of their enemies. And we, ladies and gentlemen, here today have this same promise. The book of Galatians puts it like this in the third chapter and in the 29th verse. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Through Jesus Christ, we are inheritors of Abrahamic promise. So when God spoke to Abraham and he said, generations that will come after you will possess the gates of his enemies. That was not just relevant to the Jew, but that was relevant to the modern church today. It is time that we make it up in our minds that we are going to possess the gates of our enemies. And in the same way that they took the city of Jericho, I wish somebody would make up in their mind, we're going to take the city of Frankfurt. It belongs to us. It is our promise. It is guaranteed to us. We are inheritors of this promise. In Joshua, the sixth chapter, the gates came tumbling down. In Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, the prophet preached in between the gates. In Amos, the fifth chapter, judgment was established in the gate. And in Matthew, the sixteenth chapter, the gates could not withstand the church. For the scripture says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means they cannot withstand. They will not prevail. They cannot withhold access to the church. I want you to note tonight that the scripture was not speaking of hell's inability to affect the gates of the church. We tend to read this scripture rather backwards. We see the church as having been in the defensive, in hell in the offensive. And we talk about the gates of hell cannot prevail. And imagine a scene where gates are protecting us from the enemy. And the enemy does not have the ability to get through the gates. But that's not the story that the scripture gives us. And that is not the promise that Jesus spoke over his church. Rather, the scripture clearly describes the church as having been in the offensive. And hell as having been in the defensive. 
as it quakes and shakes but cannot withstand the people of God. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It is a picture of hell's fortified gates as they scream and cower down and as the church shows up at their gates and the gates cannot prevail against the assembly of the Lord. Perhaps this is why in the book of Revelation, the first, the, the first chapter, the 18th verse, the Lord says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. I'm not speaking about some sort of master key. I'm speaking about the master's key. It is a key that can open any door. It is a key that can conquer any city. It is a key that can transform any region. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every principality, every stronghold cannot withstand the people of the Lord. we read through the history of scripture as one would find themselves presented before a city gate and they would declare the one whom they came representing. They would stand before the gates and before granted access they would speak something along the lines of I come to you in the name of my king. I wish somebody would get the revelation tonight that no matter what stronghold has been formed against us and no matter how hard the battle may seem and no matter how fortified the gates may look and no matter how tall the, the, the walls may have been built, when we come before the gate, we don't come in our own name. We don't come in the name of Christian Life Church. You don't come in your father's name, your brother's name, or your sister's name. But you go before the gates and you declare unto the enemy, I come in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is forced to grant access to the church. I said we're coming in the name of a king. I said we have the master's key and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We come in the name of Jesus. We go before the enemy declaring a name that is higher than any other name. And with that name comes power and authority. This is why the book of Philippians tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
It didn't say when they sing about the name or when they preach about the name or when they boldly declare the name. It said even at the mention of the name, even at the little tiny mention, just speaking the name of Jesus. Can I tell you what the future of Christian Life Church looks like? There's no question there's walls we'll come up against. There's no question in my mind there are gates that will seem too big. But one thing I understand is every gate we come against, we come to that gate carrying a name that is above all names, carrying a power that is stronger than all powers, carrying an authority greater than any principality or demonic authority. And I've come to remind somebody tonight that we have a promise to possess. And we're not going to play around. We're not going to pretend like the promise isn't imminent. We're not going to enjoy the luxuries of a new building and decide we're going to stay where we're at. But I believe it was spoken by our pastor that there is a promise to possess. And honey, that promise isn't a building. That promise isn't a location. That promise is a city. There are over 17,000 people in the city of Frankfurt. And they're waiting on somebody at Christian Life Church to make it up in their mind that they're going to step into Abrahamic promise and take the gates of our enemies. There are over 32,000 people in Clinton County, six cities, 14 townships, and 21 unincorporated towns. Can I ask you a question? Are we going to possess our promise or not? Are we going to receive what God has given us or not? Are we going to take a city back or is God going to have to send somebody else to do it? Are you going to wait on the person next to you to get in the streets? Are you going to wait on the person on your left to knock on a door? Or are you going to possess the promise that the Lord has given us? Let me speak to you tonight that dreams don't work unless we do. We can dream all day. We can talk about what the future looks like all day long. We can shout about it. We can think about it. We can try to comprehend it and write it out on paper. But until work is put to the dream, let me put it in different terms. When you were sleeping last night and you begin to fall into that deep portion of your sleep, that's called REM sleep. It's rapid eye movement sleep. They begin to scan the brain and they begin to look at what rapid eye movement sleep looks like in the human brain. It is the time when a human begins to dream dreams. And as they begin to examine the brain, they came to an incredible revelation that the only thing that separated the dream from a reality was the activation of the body. 
Can I speak to somebody tonight that there is a dream of what God is wanting to do in the city of Frankfurt. But until the body becomes activated, a dream is just a dream. But if someone in the body would decide that I'm going to be a part of the dream. I'm going to see the dream come to pass. I'm going to work till the dream happens. I'm going to labor till we see the dream. And for those of you that are wondering tonight, it's not a money issue. The scripture says that the coin was in the fish's mouth. Lest we never forget that the resource is not the source. That resources are buildings and money and things we need. But the source is our heavenly father. And we don't have to have the resource to have the source. And when we're connected to the source, anything is possible. used to sit around and talk about how we believed God was going to send some stranger with a briefcase to come on in and pay for a building. Can I tell you, God doesn't work that way. But there's about 300 people in this room tonight that have a responsibility to carry this dream forward, to carry this church forward. When there's a need, we meet the need. When we need to give, we're going to give. We're not waiting on an outsider, a backslider. We're not waiting on somebody to come on in that owns a business. We've got about 300 people in this room tonight that God has given you the abilities you have to work in the kingdom of God. He's blessed you with the money you have to bless the kingdom of God. He's given you the time you have to invest time in the kingdom of God. We're not waiting for our church to double before we can do something. But our church will never double if the individuals that God has given us right here in this moment don't make it up in our mind that I take it personal. The worst advice I've ever received from someone in ministry is they looked at me and they said, don't take it personal. I hope to God we take it personal. I pray to God the dream is personal. I pray to the Lord that you're taking this thing personal. And I want you to notice that when the walls of Jericho fell, that the scripture doesn't say the pastor or the leader entered into the city and did the work that needed done. It didn't say the ministry team entered into the city and took care of everything and the people walked through just not having to really worry about any problems. It's not what the scripture said, but the scripture is very clear that as the walls of Jericho fall, it says that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. Did you know that God wants to use every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child, every youth member, every choir singer, every ministry director, every, every sound guy, every door knocker, every media person. If 
everything that hath breath praises the Lord, then we ought to praise him by getting activated in the work of the kingdom of God. Because I, I would venture to say that praise is more than a Sunday shout. But that you can praise when you're knocking doors in the rain. You can praise when you're dancing and nobody else is dancing. You can praise when you're taking out trash because nobody else wants to. You praise when you're doing the work of the kingdom of the Lord. Yeah, it's easy to come into a building that's put together and looks nice and the music is on 10 out of 10 and the preacher is studied and things are popping and it's just moving. It's easy to praise. But I wonder if we keep in mind that faith without works is dead and we can praise all day according to our faith. But until we partner works with our faith, we'll never see the revival that God wants to send. But if you're not currently and actively involved in the work of the kingdom of God, tonight is the night for you to plug in. Tonight is the night for you to engage. Tonight is the night for you to... to decide I'm not going to sit a pew. I'm not going to take a back seat. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to talk about the church. I'm not going to be the problem. I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm going to be part of perpetuating the work of the kingdom of God. And as the body of the church begins to engage, I can faintly hear a sound, and it's not so much the sound of the shaking of the walls, but it's the sound of the shaking of the enemy as he begins to fear a church that makes it up in their minds that we're going to work till this thing happens. We're going to labor till this thing comes to pass. Can you hear it today? As the enemy begins to scream in anguish, as he realizes what you're getting ready to do tonight, can you hear the shaking of the gates of hell as you make it up in your mind I'm going to labor I'm going to work I'm going to see this thing come to pass can you hear the groans of the devil as he begins to shake and quake as he fears his inevitable end rejoice not against me oh my enemies revelation says he hath but a short time In the book of Matthew, the devils cried out and said, Why are you tormenting us before our time? I've read the back of the book, and one thing I know, the enemy is defeated. Blind eyes are open, and this city belongs to this assembly. So why not torment him before his time? Why not get a shout in your spirit that sends the enemy fleeing in the other direction? You don't got to wait on revival. You got to make it up in your mind to be the revival. 
You don't got to wait on the awakening. You've got to make it up in your mind to live an awakened life full of the Holy Ghost, sold out, blood-bought, and on fire. And here's what the scripture says. It says if one can put a thousand to flight, and, and, and two, two thousand, that makes sense. But God doesn't operate in our logic. One, one thousand, two, ten thousand. I remember as a kid reading that scripture, and I think I imagined a flock of birds flying in the other direction. But I came to understand what it meant to put a thousand and ten thousand to flight. The scripture was describing a dramatic scene as two are joined together in a spirit of unity and as 10,000 enemy soldiers go running in the other direction. I wonder what would happen tonight if you grabbed the hand of somebody next to you and you made it up in, all, in your mind. We're going for the gates together. We're taking this city together. God's going to do something mighty together. God's going to use you and I together. I wonder right now if as they begin to come and sing, if together you would lift him up in worship and send the enemy fleeing in the other direction. I wonder if you'd begin to get a sound in your spirit. I wonder if you'd begin to get a leap in your step. I wonder if together you would praise the Lord. service ends, but that's not going to happen, honey. What's getting ready to happen is we're going to stretch our hands toward the four walls of this building. And by lifting up our voice and speaking in other tongues 
and calling on the name of the Lord. We are going to release angel armies into this city as God begins to blaze a path that is before us. And when you get to work, angels have gone before you. When you get back to your school, angels are going to have gone before you. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to stretch your hands towards one of the corners of these walls. Behind you, in front of you, to the left, the right, the north, the south, the east, the west. And with the sound of a mighty roaring voice, with the sound of the seventh trumpet, I wonder if you lift up your voice and you'd begin to call on the name of the Lord and you'd begin to speak the name of Jesus over this city. God, right now, by the authority of your word, Father, and by the power of your name, Jesus, God, we release the gift of faith in this house. God, we release it over our homes. God, over our families, over our jobs, in our neighborhoods. God, and let it be released throughout this city. God, we walk with the sword in our hand. God, and with the spirit inside of us. God, and tonight, on this night, we release it into the city. We release it into the atmosphere. Let all things be accomplished right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody shout. Hallelujah.